What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross Like Music. And this is the Super Sunny Love Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Party people, this is Mr. V of Confessions of a Curly Mind, broadcasting through Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Right, the vibe with DJ Ronnie Ron. Cosmic, Cosmic Radio. Twisted Soul. Futuristica Radio. You're listening to the Blue and Green podcast, and I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com Welcome, 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 friends. You're tuned in to another episode of the Blue in Green podcast. My name's Imran. Thank you very much for tuning in. As always, we appreciate your time and your company. So I very much hope you'll enjoy our episode today. Before we delve into it, however... A quick reminder that the Blue and Green podcast runs in conjunction with Blue and Green Radio, the online internet radio station that broadcasts from London and is incredibly fortunate to host shows from across the whole wide world, uh, from uh, Niigata, Japan, to Denver, Colorado, San Jose, California, uh, Paris, France, and uh, Melbourne, Australia, and so many other places, as well as London and parts of the UK as well, of course. Uh, so uh, we all have our unwavering commitment commitment to um to independent and contemporary soul and jazz and funk music and uh, it's why we uh, continue to broadcast and uh, present these amazing shows so thank you very much for tuning into that as well please visit us at blueingreenradio.com uh, today's episode is, uh, is uh, we get to talk to an artist who kind of embodies uh, so much of what we champion on uh, this uh, this podcast and of course this radio station I'm talking to uh, Johnny Enser uh, musician a member of uh, the brilliant nubian twist available with music available on strut records he is uh, stepping out onto um onto the uh, proverbial solo stage under the guise of matters unknown he's put together an incredible album entitled we aren't just uh, and uh, it's incredible and we're really excited to be able to spend time uh, talking to Johnny about Nubian Twist and certainly that transition to kind of uh, heading up his own band and being a solo artist in his own right uh, there are some amazing names attached to the project uh, there have been some incredible singles thus far the album is due out at the end of October on the on the brilliant uh, new soil uh, record label who have some excellent excellent music and um, it's just yeah it's a real joy to talk to Johnny about everything that's gone into the project and um, all of his uh, influences and inspirations to date and um, and his kind of ability to kind of incorporate those influences in everything that he puts into his music going forward so it's uh, it's a really great conversation he's very frank he's very open and um, and sincere and for that you know massively appreciate uh that you know his sincerity and kind of yeah general openness of the conversation so uh it's one i think you guys will enjoy uh very much um again the album is due out at the end of october 2022 so uh, we'll do all we can to support it and uh i hope you guys will absolutely embrace it as i'm sure you will um we regular listeners of the podcast will know we feature two songs per episode uh our guest in this case johnny will pick the closing number but I have the luxury of picking the opening one and uh, a song from the project that we do discuss. It was the the lead single uh, from May 2021 uh, for the album um, was called A Beginning. And I thought that would be a great, a great track to open this, uh, this, this show with. Um, and um, again, in the conversation, during the conversation, Johnny talks about the the kind of the influences and inspirations behind that song. And again, it's a it's a wonderful moment of the conversation. So uh, yes, keep an ear out for that one. But I thought it'd be a great way to kick off uh, this this episode. Uh, once again, uh, thanks very much to Johnny for his time, and uh, massive thanks to James McClements for uh, putting this one together. Really appreciate it. Uh, so uh, yes, without further ado, my friends. Um, matters unknown.
how are you doing? Yeah, good. Nice to meet you, Imran. Uh, Pleasure to meet you, Johnny. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay, thank you. Just got home from teaching. Amazing. Do you Um, mind if I ask where you teach? uh, Yeah, absolutely. I teach in Hackney. Um, I work for Hackney Borough Music Service. um, And I teach in a secondary school called Mossbourne Community Academy. Um, I teach a variety of uh, students um, on trombone, trumpet and brass band. I do a bit of wider ops work for a bunch of students who get scholarships, who don't have... Um, wouldn't have access to instruments or music lessons um, from all sorts of different backgrounds. And it's a oh, really, wonderful. it's a really good job. It's just gone. They've just upped my hours and, but I've also changed my hours. So I don't have to wake up. I was waking up at like five fifty one one day of the week. And oh. my nervous system was just like on total lockdown. So I switched it to being, um, I never have to wake up before eight thirty now in my life uh, unless okay. I'm gigging. And sometimes I play with the band called Nubian Twist and sometimes have to get up at like two thirty to play with that band when we're doing a gig in Poland oh. or somewhere like that. So it's that's pretty brutal. So doing it on the weekly to shift my body clock was just a bit much. So I'm glad that I've sort of changed it around. Um, Amazing. Gosh. Yeah. How yeah, do you good. enjoy teaching? Um it has I find it really challenging. Um I've been doing it professionally now for almost 10 years. Um, Amazing. And I've been doing like the odd workshops and things like that since I was like 18 or doing like, you know, master classes and things like that or helping out other people a bit younger than myself. Um, and now I'm walked into this role and I find it really challenging because I am, I consider myself to be an ambassador for my instrument and for the whole brass tradition. Um, and so that with that comes quite a profound weight for me. Um, and so, you know, it's an opportunity to really change some people's perspective on what brass is and give them Mm. a unique access point into it. Um, and so it's a really good role. It's just, I find it quite stressful because I really want them to, to not have the opportunities that that you know to not have the barriers that i had when i was growing up which was to find people my own age who were interested in it as well Mm. um but you know they will you know just they're they're privileged in their form because they already live in london you know what i mean so you know that that's not going to be an issue for me Mm. i I grew up in rural oxfordshire so it's quite different are you teaching children who have basically selected the trumpet as as their instrument or their you know, it's a selection of, okay, you need to just, you need to pick an instrument and we we'll go from there or they're allocated it. They have an affection for it at the start or are you having to try it's and a pretty nuanced. In? Yeah. There's a pretty nuanced answer to that. I'm afraid it's not one or the other, right. you know, a lot of kids are told by their parents what they need to do. Yeah. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of kids will be encouraged to do certain things. Sure. Um, you know, and then 50% of my caseload are people who didn't have the opportunity of learning instruments before. And they've then been given uh, the opportunity and you know the school said to them look we can tell that you're showing good promise from your point in private school primary school and that in music you've showed you know you've shown that you're keen and interested and so we want to give you this opportunity and then it's really about getting the parents to recognize that opportunity as well so mm-hmm. I've got both you know I've got some whose parents are forcing them to do it some whose parents don't even know that they're doing it <laughs> and then um you know and everyone in between really mm-hmm. um so yeah a big big old mix of students as the borough of hackney is it's a right. crazy diverse community um with people just as likely to come f- well the school was set up as a try and to try and remedy some of the situations in hackney borough schools which you know 15 years ago was a very different story to what it is today mm. um you know a lot of a lot of schools were really on the edge all, all the time really struggling to get the students to have the opportunities um you know that they, they deserved and so this school tried to get a big got a big amount of funding it is one of the first academies that opened you know because now a lot of schools are academies instead of mm. just comprehensives yeah. which means that they have you know um structures and investors and all this stuff which is very much uh, a symptom of the whole neoliberalist sort of agenda that we've got in our country and mm. so the way that they've sort of been set up is you know that that they're, they're pretty unique um and the school's really tough really tough on its students and it really organized really fierce management um but it does actually get a lot of really good results from people from people and seeing a, a big break in what the what the community was suffering from before and it's actually now ended up changing the borough a little bit because now a lot of 
parents would, um, from more middle class or upper middle class backgrounds, uh, trying to move their kids, move to the area <laughs> in central Hackney so that they can get into this school. And if they don't get into this school, then they send their kids to private school. So it's right. like, that's what such a strange intersection um, yeah. of cultures that I'm sort of um, privileged to, to be witness to. But at the same time, it's, it's a very strange place. Um, and it's... Um, it's got lots of opportunities for kids in music and I'm really, it is really part of my whole artistic sort of expression to, to pass down what I've been gifted with um, through, you know, my parents, my grandparents investing in my art and also to, yeah, to just keep, keep, keep pass down that baton because, you know, if, if I'm not doing it, then someone else might not, you know. Mm, Um, That's beautiful. That's such a great way of, of looking at it. And it's such a, it's such a yeah it's, it's such a beautiful kind of reverence you have for obviously your own efforts and the efforts that it took to get you to this point and then you, the responsibility you sort of take on to pass that on to future kind of generations and music makers I think that that's a real uh it's a lovely way of of kind of looking at it and um probably a fantastic segue to, to, to discuss your incredible uh new project we're, we're about um a month removed from um, I think almost exactly a month away from the release of your your debut full length um, under the guise of Matters Unknown. Um, I mean, are you uh, are you in the midst of this is like a crazy busy period for you in the run up to something like this? Or uh, is this part of the process that you quite enjoy, like waiting for people to finally hear this project that you've been working on for such a long time? Yeah, I think that for me, this bit of time has a certain weight to it which is really interesting obviously i've done the work i've got the record signed to a label and i've been blessed to be given the opportunities to work alongside so many seasoned professionals in getting this record now out into the world however there is an inherent anxiety that comes with this process just by the fact that i am not in control now I've right. done my job, I've done my work, and now it's up to other folks to see how it lands and also, you know, to try and give it the momentum that it needs. Um, and so it's an interesting time for an artist. You know, this is my debut solo release, mm. um, which is, yeah, absolutely thrilling, really exciting. The most exciting bit for me is when I find myself in moments of flow state and rapture in the creation of the work. And so now I'm hoping that with the with the momentum of this record that I will have more opportunity to do that, basically, um, yeah. and to be able to explore this music with people in a public setting. It's so there's so much gravity to owning a physical copy of my record. You know, that's that's right. a really, really exceptional thing to have reached in my life at age 30. I'm really, really proud of myself for getting it there. But yeah, there's there's a lot of really exciting things about this, but there's also a bunch of, you know, weights that come with such a such a mm. process, you know? Uh, yes, I, my, I was going to ask if you kind of get, well, you've answered already, but that kind of nerves leading up to release, it's always interesting because uh, someone in your position is either a case of, well, I think you were well, to cite your example about not having control. Some people are like, well, I got, I don't have control, so I can't focus on anything beyond that. It will, it will land or it will hit. Um, and it, it's interesting, the kind of anxiety attached to, to creating something that's taken some time and uh, to have to sit back and see how people respond to such a thing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Who knows what's going to happen? It is really <laughs> exciting. It's kind of like, it's interesting because with so many things in life, when you know you no one knows what's gonna what's gonna happen like the labels gambling on this i've gambled on this you know Mm. but at the same time we all know that the product itself is is there you know it's really it's a really exciting project the music's really well formed it's a massive record you know 14 tracks long coming in at over an hour and 10 minutes so as a first offering i think there's a lot for people to latch on to there's a lot of potential mm-hmm. for people to latch on to different tracks for different reasons hopefully different you know different um avenues for people to to um you know uh give this a bit of a you get this snowball rolling down the hill for different you know different radio platforms like yourself you know who's obviously latched onto it um and you know just hoping that enough people do that essentially because Mm. it's you know you need to 
have a big splash so that the ripples reach as far as possible. Sure. Yeah. Um, I guess the, I mean, it's, 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 is it fair to call it kind of a project that's been in the works for some time? I think the first single uh, came out in May of 2021. So, I mean, was that sort of the very beginning of the project or was sort of Matters Unknown something that had been going for some time, months or years before that point as well? I'd say that I wrote the first song independently on my own for this project i started work on it in the year uh, 2018 2019 sort of crossover um and it was off the back of doing a brass band project that i'd taken it upon myself to start after coming back from living in new orleans for two and a half months and i was like oh my god all these uk brass bands are totally shit um like we've got to do something about this we've got to do something about this they're absolutely ripping this tradition to shreds and they they are paying no respect to where this music has come from and appropriating it viciously and just earning money off of the back of having the tagline new orleans brass band right and so i wanted to, to rectify that situation and so i got together a band of heavyweights and quickly realized that having six very in-demand brass musicians in one project <laughs> is a recipe for disaster because doing availabilities is impossible. Sure. And like getting the gigs to try and actually represent this thing because realistically what people want to go and hear is you going and doing like, you know, classic, you know, modern day contemporary music, which is is a part of there is a there is a semblance of the the brass band tradition for that because a lot of contemporary brass bands will be playing music that is contemporary they'll do covers but within it there's something that's been lost it's 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 not well articulated it's tacky and um i'm not into it so i tried yeah tried to do this thing didn't manage to do it because no one wanted to book something that was kind of legitimate basically and not just there for show um and just loud and you know yeah it didn't work out but what happened was that I started to create a process that meant that I had a unique sort of standpoint that I wanted to marry African diasporic music, New Orleans brass tradition and contemporary jazz all in one outfit. Mm. And so, you know, I just started writing music and I realized that, you know, who am I to say what's appropriation and what isn't? What I should do is just do what is uniquely me. And I'd been in a point in my life where Nubian Twist had been going for, you know, six seven years and tom xl who was the band leader had started his own side project which was smaller called on and whilst at the start i was heartbroken that he wanted to do something separate because i put everything into that band everything that i had available to me resource wise i put into Mm. that band you know not getting paid for years working really hard collaborating writing the music being a big part of it managing the project doing bookings so when that project got you know put into the ring all of a sudden I was hit with this wave of like, okay, right. Well, this is also an opportunity for me to fill all of the things that I have a gap for in my life. You know, in Nubian Twist, I'll quite often have one or two solos during the set. They're organized, they're 16 bars long and you do your thing. There's not really space to get totally lost in the music and truly communicate with my peers. So I needed to find a vessel for that alongside having all these influences that weren't necessarily speaking in Nubian Twist. So I found this opportunity from collaborating with Matt Davis, who I was playing with in this brass band and we just started writing and just hanging out in studio and it felt very natural. And all of a sudden I ended up with, you know, six tracks. Oh no, it became 10. Oh, it's 15. And then, (laughs) you know, the first album got, got, I truly realized it when there was six demos left behind. And then, you know, first album I wanted to be really about, you know, finding myself, finding a place for this music, dealing with problems that I've had in my life around relationships, chronic pain and mental health, and, you know, citing the blues as a reference as at its root. And so, you know, that's where the music came from. And yeah, it was, it's been in the pipeline for around three years. Um, mm. And it's, it's fundamental to what I need in my life as a therapy Um for multiple different issues like I just mentioned and also as a therapy for finding a way out outside of Nubian twist and also I believe that it should be able to have that same ability to heal other people there's there's depth in this music and I hope that people mm. recognize that 
that's again beautifully put it's it is wonderful music and i think it's it's incredible to kind of hear you speak so kind of frankly about it um if 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 i may just pick up on something you just said a little bit earlier in terms of what inspired the the project i i'm quite intrigued by the notion of um i suppose your 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 commitment i did want to discuss nubian twist as a, a little a little a little later but I, I i yeah i'm interested by your sort of commitment to the band that wouldn't have had you maybe explore other options in general i mean it, it just sort of looking at the surface of say london's jazz sort of scene it it seems to be built upon this sort of very free-flowing collaborative thing with members you know of varying different bands and different ensembles all kind of playing was that not how you were approaching it or if i misunderstood so for nubian twist um, yes yeah when you were part so of the it is a collaborative project mm. um i'm me and tom have written loads of tunes together over the years and he's one of my favorite collaborators you know we can write three tracks in a day very easily it's not hard you know and um you know he is my mentor he's taught me how to do that as well and i know that i can write three tracks in a day now um but within that band it's very organized you know you mm. anyone who's seen or heard nubian twist knows that it's one of the tightest bands on the scene it really is like very organized we don't rehearse but we're just all really um proficient i would say within the band everyone's you know we all met in leeds and we go really far back together you know we've been mates for 10 12 years yeah. um but yeah i think that it just doesn't fulfill everything that i'm looking for musically sure. it really does articulate many of the influences that i find very dear to myself but it's also quite it's quite deep thrusting music nubian twist and i need i i'm looking for something slightly more something more elegant in my life sometimes and something more open whereas you know the nubian twist whilst you know it has been sort of somehow accumulated into the london jazz scene stuff it really isn't at all musically part of that same tradition a lot of the folks who are part of the london inverted commas jazz scene all grew up together they all grew up doing Connecticut Blocko and Tomorrow's Warriors together two different musical mm. um like you know uh, you know education schemes that were set up to be able to offer people from all sorts of backgrounds opportunities none of us grew up in London in Nubian Twist and we all like got proficient on our instruments enough to find ourselves at Leeds College of Music and we studied on multiple different courses so we are a, a musical we, we have collab you know they are our contemporaries, you know, and I, you know, in my band, I've got, you know, several people who grew up in London, Lyle and Rosie used to come to Tomorrow's Warriors when she was younger. So, you know, my band in some ways has roots in that stuff too, but mm. it's not, it runs in parallel. I wouldn't say it's part of the same thing. We're all listening to each other, obviously, because yeah. that's just what we do. We're part, we're, 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 we're contemporaries, but you know, Nubian Twist doesn't run, it runs, you know, parallel to that stuff. Right. And, it, right. you know, we collaborate with certain artists from that scene it is a bit different, um, mm. I would say. Okay. Um, kind of moving on back to the, I guess, the, the Matters Unknown project. I think, uh, I, as I said, like the first single came out in May uh, 2021. I was I was just thinking, did I, I, I've desperately trying to recall it just literally before we started talking, but um, uh, did, did the release of that, or excuse me, the creation of that song, uh, was it impacted by like quarantine or 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 the the period of time where obviously performing venues were all shut? I was desperately trying to recall it just before uh, we started talking when those sort of bands were lifted. So and the the period of that of May twenty twenty one was that music at that point influenced or hindered by kind of quarantine uh, at all? Does that make sense? So yeah, no, no. I hear, I hear, I hear you. I hear you. It took me a second to put together what you meant, but I got, I got there. Um, so, a beginning, the first single that I put out mm. was, um, I, I got the help from uh, industry professional um, label services dude called Eric Carsenti, and I saw him releasing some music with um, some of my peers, Rafi Bushman and uh, Jackson Method, that same year, and right. he has a different setup to most labels in the sense that. You, he doesn't take money from what you earn from the track. Instead, you pay him to release the music and do the PR, which is a really interesting setup. One that I'm really still quite perplexed by um, because he does 
a really good job of it as well. Um, so that's first single was inspired actually by my relationship with my grandfather, who um, is the person who really made it quite, quite, you know, pronounced in our relationship that life was all about experience. It's all about the journey. And it's really important to have a reverence for that rather than the results that we all tra- always trying to fight for or the rush that we're trying to get into. He was a man who was he was a few words, but a lot of affection. He was someone, he was also a tubist and he supported me in learning instruments, uh, mm-hmm. multiple instruments. You know, when I was nine, I, someone came into my school and played the trumpet amongst a bunch of instru- other instruments and my ears were just on fire straight away. Went home, told my mum and my grandfather couldn't been been more happy that I wanted to play a brass instrument. And because he was a tubist, he supported me in that and, you know, helped fund my lessons. And then, you know, when I was 12 years old, you know, I'd been learning piano actually since I was about five with multiple different piano piano teachers. Um, and then when I was 12, I realized that I wanted to play drums. And I said to my parents, nah, I'm not going to play any of these instruments unless I'm allowed to play drums. I sort of blackmailed them into giving me <laughs> drum lessons. So I did that too. Um, and so, you know, he supported me through all of that different, you know, he came to watch me do all my big band performances growing up. He came to watch me do some performances at a music camp that they, they helped set me on to, you know, my, my grandfather was also a working class background, um, worked at a cement factory as, um, doing, running the books, um, in the village that he grew up in where they'd been living some of my family, the Ensers for like the last four or 500 years. So, you know, there's a, there's like a brass tradition in that area that, that does go pretty far back. Um, and it's one that's a social practice, you know, you don't own the instruments, the, the, the band own the instruments and you're given the opportunity to, I didn't go down that route because I wasn't interested in, um, sort of silver band music or like classical music hugely. Um, from a young age, I knew that I was in love with improvised music and hearing different people, you know, truly collaborating on the spot, um, listening to Louis Armstrong from about the age of 10. Um, so just like really fell in love with that, that side of things. So this music, this, this first single, a beginning is really like, you know, uh, homage to my grandfather and the sort of the, the route into music that I had as a result of him laying myself bare and really getting into a state of rapture and, getting in a flow state with writing music and getting lost in doing it with my friends. It's got like sort of um, some West African influence as well as modern contemporary jazz and West coast beats. Um, so yeah, that's, we released that in 2021. I wrote that probably it was the first tune that I properly wrote for this band. Um, and yeah, probably wrote that the, the framework for it in 2018 and then put all the parts on top of it afterwards. Um, which is one of my processes that I actually really enjoy because I get to spend time one-on-one with musicians and right. really get inside the get inside the philosophy of what we're trying to achieve together and the parts that we like and I can give them on the spot um, cues and you know it's much more fun that way rather than running a band all together can be quite stressful sometimes getting the details in there that you're really looking for um, yeah so yeah mm. that that's probably a really long answer to a question <laughs> did um i mean what an incredible kind of relationship you you must have had with your grandfather uh, was he uh kind of a, a, a fan of the song did he hear did he hear a beginning and kind of um he passed away um he passed away um a couple of years before that happened oh, nice. um he did get to see me play in other projects though over the years um, oh, that's amazing. and he was um yeah he totally loved seeing me play um and i'll never never forget the impact that he's had on my life or to be grateful for those relationships with family mm. um and how the impact on just a few words that you say here and there can really mm. mean to someone it's incredible how much stuff from your your kind of your past and uh i, I guess it kind of touches on to what you kind of said at the beginning but you you kind of carry everything through into sort of the music that you make every kind of uh, experience be it uh, personal or professional and uh, music that you're a fan of music that influenced you uh, relationships as you said uh, as well it carries all the way through into kind of all the projects that you that you do you carry that little piece all the way and, and it's it's kind of inspiring to to hear you kind of speak on it and it's yeah it's quite touching in that way I'm glad you think so yeah I yeah. try to lead I try to lead with my heart in everything I do you know mm. I think that's really important to me especially with everything that I'm going through in my health at the moment. Like I just feel like there's no point in beating around the bush or wasting time um, Mm. being dishonest or trying to do something that isn't the right thing for you to do. 
Um, so if you run into frictions, is it something you want to overcome or is it something you need to do? Um, and I'm really honest and brave about that stuff now at this point in my life. Mm. Um, so it's, I'm, I'm glad that you think that it carries through in my work yeah. because it, there is no work without my life and there is no life without my work. So mm. I'm pretty blessed to have a career and, uh, interest and, uh, passion that all sort of feed into itself. Mm. But with that isn't without its challenges as well, because we can quite easily become blinded by that sort of weight. Um, so I'm yeah. trying to make sure that I keep hobbies going, you know, go on nice dates, um, with myself and other people and, uh, mm you know, that there's other things as well. Because as I said, without my life being of good quality, the music won't be. Yeah. If I may ask a, perhaps a more forward question um, in relation to that, um, uh, you talked about same uh, mental health concerns and issues uh, as such. I mean, how, how I, I can understand how you, as you said, you, you know, you carry these experiences through to kind of creating the music. How does it impact the part that follows where you have to leave yourself open and vulnerable to uh, interpretation and responses and critique? Um, does, do you find a balance with that? Is that something that's I'm, particularly I, difficult I, to? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I really like feedback. Um because ultimately this music means something to me and I like to hear what other people have to say about it. I struggle, have always struggled with a self-deprecating nature. Um, and so after most shows that I do, I'll spend two days really analyzing every detail about it and thinking about how it could have been better and probably having some feelings about not, not having, not, you know, there's always that whole sort of idea that you don't, you're not really worth it. And actually that like, you know, you've been given these opportunities, but you don't really deserve them. Um, I've always struggled with those things. Um, and it's not a good thing in my life. I'm not going to lie uh, that that side of myself is looking for feedback from other people. And I value my, I, I'd like, you know, value myself on a basis of that feedback in many situations. But I would say that as a result of being part of Nubian Twist for this many years and doing that many gigs and having that much feedback of quite a staggering different, you know, different ideas and reading different reviews. And ultimately, everyone's going to have their own opinions. And that's beautiful, like absolutely amazing. And just the fact that someone's put the time into actually caring about the work, you know, that's that's interesting, too. Like. As I said, this music is very broad. It's super accumulative of all sorts of different like interests that I've had over the years, but also at root, it all just comes through expression. So if someone's taken the time to honor it with their ears, you know, that's a generosity that I'm really happy with already. Mm. If they feel negatively about the music, that they've it's imp impacted their lives in a bad way, I'd be really interested <laughs> in what they had to say right. about that. Um, because, you know, I generally love most music that I listen to. I do curate the music that I listen to. And if someone hasn't put the work into curating the music they're listening to, then, you know, that's, that's on them. <laughs> right. um, but, you know, if someone was to say, you know, he has a lot of work to do on the trumpet, I would agree, you know, mm. totally. I've got a life's worth of work to do on this instrument. He has some work to do on his arrangements. Yeah absolutely are you kidding <laughs> I, I can't wait to do that work as well so stay with me stick with me and you know we'll, we'll do it together like mm. just be slightly more you know constructive with your critique you know if you're going to give that um sure. because i'm listening you know yeah and you you respond well to i mean i can't imagine you've had a whole lot of particularly negative or you know irrational kind of feedback but is it it's it, you know has it ever was it quite an adjustment to kind of accept things like that most of the time with the twist, when we get given feedback that is bad, we we tend to laugh at it. Um, and quite a lot of the time, journalists just regurgitate information that's on the press release. So um, it's interesting when someone gives us negative feedback. The negative feedback that we generally get with the twist, because I haven't had much much in any any critique on the matter stuff yet um which i'm you know gonna have in the next month for sure mm. um you know when people write about negative stuff about the twist 
you know they might say oh yeah the first song was a bit soft yeah the first song is soft oh yeah everything sounds a bit mishmash and like you know they're trying to get all these different genres in our music at once yeah that's what we do <laughs> like that's what we do like you know you can we we recognize that thanks for thanks for like stating the obvious <laughs> like you know what i mean like that's totally the mission statement to like for the band to be like you know use for me it's like listening to a radio like being like i love listening to the radio i love pirate radio in particular mm. i love listening to fm which is there isn't enough i'm not gonna lie there's not enough fm radio these days it's really okay. sad that we've lost that analog state mm-hmm. yeah um, because there's a million and one online radios you know yes. and it's such a shame um but anyway, I love sitting in my car in London and just flicking through the dial. You know, I've got a dial in my car. It doesn't have like a little button that I push right. and it just skips the next one. I have a dial so I can get all those ones that you can barely make out. <laughs> Nubian Twist is supposed to be like listening to someone s- switching through that dial and every radio station you land on is a different diasporic sort of sound, but each one is just ultimately as enriching. Mm. So that's that. With Matters, it's like, it's a bit different because it's... um it has like like a spiritual undertone to everything there's depth right. there's weight there's the blues there on everything mm. um it's not quite as frantic and across the board <laughs> it's slightly more honed um so mm. you know we'll see what people say about it i guess what have you got to say about it what's your critique of of the twist or oh or, no of the matters, matters what, what you've, matters, you've i mean i i I love the record. I love the twist. If it, I mean, I'm actually might a little bit taken aback by the fact that you've cited negative <laughs> responses. Like I'm, I, I couldn't have imagined there would have been negative responses to to the twist in general. So, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. But um, no, I, I adore the twist. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed connecting with the matters record um uh, thus far. I, um, it is, it, it's an interesting point because I, I still. I think you said you 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 know I wouldn't dispute anything you said. It's your record. I can't dispute it. But you're right. It is sort of grounded in that more spiritual undertone. But I do think it's still a very vibrant record that feeds off of a lot of different uh, energies and different kind of musical inspirations. I, I'm yeah. So I, I would have thought it was twist like in that respect, in a glorious way. It is a it's a it's an engaging listen. It's a thoroughly kind of. Um, uh, I want to say inspiring listen you know you're enjoying what you're hearing you're enjoying the the, the exploration of each song there you go that's my mm. that's my written review I'm into it well there you go we've got glorious <laughs> vibrant and inspiring that's that's uh that's going on the website mate we've got that Imran thanks for that <laughs> school's over I've got what I wanted <laughs> no but well it's no Ed, it's a sincere uh uh, uh un, unscripted feedback but um no I mean that's that's the kind of the undertone you kind of get from from the record as you're listening to it you're enjoying it you know and and it feels like it's been made by people that are enjoying making it mm. yeah it's been a process mm. I would say that I wouldn't do this unless it was the most fun that I have um you know Mm. um yeah i'm really privileged to be part of a friendship group and a community of people that have inspired me to to move into this realm and i've had enough opportunities in my life to know how to achieve my goals and i'm very very lucky to have this band to have this record label and to yeah i've got to this point in my career where i've got a double vinyl sitting here with me right next Amazing. to me that's like you know all my music that i've created from scratch you know yeah that's um i'm very lucky yeah that's amazing on that note i mean i ask like obviously uh, the new record is released via the new soil label who have some brilliant releases under their and their belts how did you guys connect so that is a lockdown story um so for all you listeners at home, we 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 faced a global catastrophe in 2020, <laughs> whereby all the all of the everyone went inside, um, and you know all of the everyone going inside means that all these record labels are going inside, all of these music venues are now closed, and so for me, a big part of what I want to do with this band is to play music to people, to have spiritual communion of collaborative music in public places where people can access it. And so I realized very quickly 
you know, we had our debut gig scheduled for the 15th of March, 2020. And that was two days before lockdown. So we cancelled yeah. it. I had the bright idea of making it into a foam party because, you know, soap was becoming quite popular at that time. <laughs> I thought it would have been a really good way of doing the gig still, you know, um, keeping it. Uh, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> flawless it logic. I love it. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't, didn't happen. Um, the gig didn't happen. I went to watch Tony Allen do his last show at Church of Sound on the 14th of March. And while I was there with my friend Austin, who had programmed the gig for the 15th, we had discussed that we wouldn't go ahead with the gig because mm. it was our moral obligation to not go ahead. So we had all this music. We, I had, you know, as I said, I had like six tracks totally finished and I was wanted to go and play them live. And uh, we weren't allowed to do that. So I decided to keep on writing the music you know I could keep doing that and I decided to extend the hands to people who could put this music into the place where it needs to be to do the work that I made it which is to ultimately heal folk um and so the best way I could do that was to gain some momentum behind some key people within the record industry so I got in touch with a bunch of different managers for artists who were my contemporaries or the step ahead of where I was and I used some of the contacts from Nubian Twist to try and get some in touch with some record labels that you know I knew would be interested in it so my first port of call was Strut um talking to Quinton from Strut who only put out good music so I was like well this music's good maybe they'll put this out um and they aren't actually looking to sign any new um, contemporary artists at this time um, mm. because their music originally was majoritively just reissues of fantastic yeah, yeah. records mm, um, so Quinton hooked me up with a couple of people as I said I got in touch with this Eric Carcenti who um, who I you know just headhunted because I wanted to release some music I got in touch with Fred Bolzer who was Theon Cross's manager um, and was recommended to get in touch with him through my friend Casper Sutton Jones, who works at Gearbox Records. Mm -hmm. um, and I got, I basically sent the record out to everyone, every record label I possibly could. And I got six offers. Um, Amazing. And by that point, actually, by the time I'd got to formally sending it round, it was 2021. Um, and I wanted to, yeah, get it signed by record label because I realized that that would be able to get the traction, get it, get it properly distributed um, and have all of the financial support that record labels and experience that record labels have in, you know, releasing this stuff. But it quickly became very apparent that a lot of people within my scene um, don't actually justify the work that artists have done with releasing and distributing the music in the way that I felt it should be with right. the financial support that it needed. So I did some more work, dug some really deep roots into the scene, spoke loads to managers. And as I said, yeah, got all these different offers. Some were positive. Some were positively like just, just basically taking the piss because they just offered to release the music without a proper PR campaign in place and without any financial support into getting it produced and distributed appropriately and towards the artwork and the surrounding live footage and all this stuff but fred um and new soil had access to funding through the marathon group um and he's got some entrenched roots in you know major label work um and he has a lot of experience obviously theon cross is one of my biggest inspirations um on the tuba um and as part of the london jazz scene yeah um and you know the other artists that he was releasing were you know it was clear that this fit really well a lot of Fred's, the music on Fred's label is a bit more avant-garde than the Matters Unknown stuff, which to some people would be quite surprising because Matters Unknown stuff is quite avant-garde. But um, I would say that, you know, some of the stuff on New Soil is another step down, 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 down that. And that it's, uh, you know, it, it, we're, we're, we might be on the more sort of digestible side of things to certain people who aren't used to contemporary jazz um but it it was a marriage you know it worked you know i got on really well with fred i believe in him he's a very passionate human being and i trust him and i don't trust many people in this industry um 
I trust him to have my best interest in mind. And so, yeah, working alongside him has been a real privilege because he's mentored me in the industry a little bit as well. And we're trying really hard to make this record get reach the potential that we both believe it deserves. Um, and so that's really what I'm looking for with a record label. And he has, you know, the finances, the experience and the wherewithal to try his very best and his focus and his passion for it is um, is admirable. So mm. I'm really lucky to have, you know, New Soil backing the project. And I hope Amazing. that that relationship can continue if it reaches all the um, avenues that it needs to, to, mm. to make this relationship continue. Yeah. It's so important, isn't it, to, to, for someone in your position to, to have a label that you connect with that you feel believe in you and your project and uh, will work to to kind of see it to achieve the best that it possibly can it's such a an ever-changing kind of landscape with the 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 utter dominance of streaming and you know it just seems like the rules are changing for an artist and the label even if you know those glory days that of being an artist and meant you didn't have to do any of the legwork (laughs) and that doesn't exist anymore now really does it like no you have to really work as well yeah and i think that's part of the reason that he was attracted to working with me if i'm being honest like you know within you know he our relationship started in what november of 2020 um on a zoom call and we had a nice chat and he was talking about these particular sort of label model that he was thinking of setting up he didn't do it quite in that way he went more conventional in the end but he had more money so you know it made sense um uh but basically you know within the first four months of our relationship he gave me a list of things that he thought i should do and you know i'd done them within two months um and i really articulated everything i needed to do well and i'd managed to get some traction from you know doing this live stream for we out here i managed to get placement on you know npr for a video that i did got some placement Mm. on like um clash music bbc radio 2 um, Jam Supernova and Giles Peterson both supported some of my first singles. Amazing. So, you know, he recognized that I wasn't fucking around, basically. Um, and so then we talked more seriously after the second release, the second single. And I cancelled the campaign because I was supposed to be a three release EP to start out with. And he urged me to not release another further track and that we hold on to the rest of the catalogue um so yeah that that that's sort of you know there is a lot of work that needs to be done independently by artists to be taken seriously for the people at the next tier up unless you're just this person that gets access to crazy management at a really early stage in their career that's really what you need i've been working in this industry specifically and like really hard for you know you know i started gigging when i was 18 went to music college so, you know, I've been really taking this this particular career very seriously for the last, you know, 11, 12 years, 12, 11 years for, for, you know, and so to get to the point where I'm at now, that's really the work that you have to do, it seems like. Um, but there's also much more lucrative avenues, you know, which I haven't chosen to pursue. I've decided to have a career in creative arts, you know, mm. I could be playing 350 pound functions three nights of the week if I wanted to be. But that doesn't make my soul happy. Right. Um, and I believe that my purpose is to write, record and arrange music um, and put it into the world. That's what I, um, that's what, you know, there's this whole idea of, you know, inspiration and um, uh, what is it? Um, enthusiasm. Enthusiasm is something that I've never really struggled with in my life. But when I found myself to be really enthusiastic about something, if you look at the etymology for enthusiasm is entheos, and theos is God. And so to be with God is when you know that your pur- what your purpose is, and enthusiasm is when you find that. And for me, this is the most the thing that I'm most enthusiastic about in my life is you know my music, writing music, creating and collaborating with people I love and getting the opportunity to put it out into the world so it's the closest i've got to being with god so that's where i find myself oh god what a beautifully put <laughs> that's a brilliant um again summation it's so again i mean use the word inspiring but it's it's inspiring to hear this level of of, of passion for your craft it's uh it's 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 great to hear that you're at this point where you you know you, the release of your your full length and you've already had a, 
a, a fantastic career with collaborations with with other you know incredible artists you've got uh, had a fantastic Nubian twist um uh, catalog of music uh you've now got this um this wonderful project which is sort of just on the the the, the, the eve of being released and uh, it's great you know to, to have this time to talk to you and to kind of to to, to hear this this kind of all culminating uh, into this incredible moment for you so uh, I'm 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 thrilled for you and um, uh, yes yeah, so congratulations for everything and I massively appreciate your time uh, and just sort of to discuss it and uh, yeah it's just been a, a real pleasure to kind of talk to you and kind of pick your brains about all these these wonderful elements to your music and your successes uh, thus far yeah well thanks for having me on the show we tend to conclude these episodes with a with a final song and i i, I imagine something from uh the new album we aren't just is 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 perhaps more most apt for you right now so there's another single that's coming out next friday but orange Amazing. triangle is the one that we're pushing at the moment um right. so there's another single coming out next week it's entitled other side and it features olivia Bassachargi. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think concluding the show with Orange Triangle is a very good idea. Brilliant. Um, and before we press play on that, however, I believe there are gigs coming up. So, uh, yeah, let everyone know where they can, where they can find you in Matters Unknown. So, um, for all you generous folks who are listening at home, we've got two London dates coming up, one on the 15th of October um at the pizza express in soho as part of london latin jazz festival where we're doing a really unique concert which is a collaboration between matters trio so that's my trio where i play tuba trumpet and samples lyle barton on keys and synth and matt davis on drums and we're collaborating with uh, a afro-cuban rumba trio um but led by the um, incredibly talented Hamadi Baldes. And that's, so that's on the 15th of October. There's two sittings for that show. Um, and then we've got our album release show at the Post Bar in Tottenham um, on the 2nd of December. And that's in collaboration with Total Refreshment Centre. Um, tickets for that are going to be really limited. So do make sure you buy them in advance. Um, it's going to be a late night party and hang. So get on down. 